0: on Local Now, Channel 525. Life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination, provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com.
2: You were made to think
0: big, too, big living. Tomorrow can be bigger Just grow Let the world overflow yeah. Give my life bigger than yourself You'll create
2: Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at GraceChurchVA.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
0: The issue was this woman was not just crippled on the outside, she was crippled on the inside. So Jesus had to speak to the heart of the issue, the core of the issue. He had to speak to the woman before she could speak to the problem. You catch it? He said, woman, you are freed from your disability. God intended each of us to have mobility. He intended each of us to have ability. But instead, like disabled cars, we're on the side of the road watching other people pass us by. But the issue is not that our car broke down. The real issue is we broke down somewhere on the journey. And if we're going to get back in our lane, if we're going to get back into the flow of traffic... We're going to have to let God heal us his way. This whole narrative is forensic. like It's explaining, you know, a lot of times he didn't have to do all this. He's he's God. He does his thing. But he wanted to, 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 to explain some things and show some things to us. So he said, woman, you are what? Freed from your what? Disability. You see, how you see yourself will determine what you make of yourself. If you think you're an idiot, guess what you're gonna be? This woman, the, the the real challenge, listen, nothing wrong with these these evangelists. It's all good, but you don't need an evangelist. If Christ is in you, you can lay hands on yourself. When you get the right picture, you hear what I'm saying? You don't need a great name, you don't need to get on my schedule. You hear what I'm saying? Christ is a present help in time of trouble. I'm not always present. You can't always get to me, but you can get to him. But no, no, we're waiting for someone great to show up and fix us. Jesus said, no, no, woman, you need to know that you're free. When you know who you are and who you belong to. Matter of fact, I'm getting ahead of myself. Keep, Keep going. Then he laid what? Hands on her. He first spoke to the heart before he touched her with his hand. And this is the way God is, and and He laid His hands. And what? Immediately, when? Immediately, when you get the picture on your side, and you know that you know that you know. Many of you, I told the story of when I had that pineal cyst, went on for years, had numerous surgeries, didn't go anywhere. But it's funny when I close my eyes and worship God, I see myself sitting on a rock. And at first, I, I'd cringe. I'm I'd like, Oh, I can never do that. Oh, that's that's good. But before long, I began to see it. And then finally, there were some other things that happened, and we're just going to compress it here. But after I saw it, that's when it happened. So healing is, again, not something that comes from the outside. It's something that comes up from the inside. you got to see it. Hallelujah. and When you see it, that's when it makes itself available. Remember, God's a God of the heart, and he's looking at the heart. And When you get the heart right, the vision right, things shift, things change. It says, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. When freedom finally gets down in your heart, things are about to straighten out. But you got to get that freedom in your heart. Saints, I can't fix you every Sunday. I'm not your doctor. God is the fixer. God will use me for peace, use another person for peace, then you pick up another book for peace. He might even take you to the Bible itself for peace. I got a peace. We prophesy in part, we know in part, but fullness is God Himself. Do you hear what I'm saying? You got to get the picture you got to see yourself doing what you, you, you're supposed to. I remember when I, I, I gave my life to the Lord years ago, I didn't like the church, didn't like church people. They looked funny, dressed funny, acted funny, said funny things, and I didn't want to be a part of the church. But I met this Jesus, and he was real. And I remember um, it was an afternoon. I uh, got in my car, and I felt like I should go to... By the way, God doesn't always speak to me like this, and, you know, but, but this is what happened this day. And I went to Baltimore Harbor... Baltimore Harbor was the place I had my first date when I came to, to, to Howard in, in, in the 80s. And, um, you know, I, I always remembered it for that. And um, I went there and I had a suit on, which was kind of weird. And I just, it was just like a strange day. And I got down there and, and, and it was noontime and Phillips was full and the people sitting outside and all the rest. I felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to take your Bible and walk around that building seven times. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm not going to walk around here with a Bible in my hand. What am I going to look like? But You know, when it's the Lord, it keeps sticking. I'm like, nah, I've lost my mind. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to walk around this thing seven times with a Bible. What, am I expect the building to fall down? What, what am I doing? I said, all right, I'll, I'll do it. So I, I took my Bible, and I'm walking around the building. The first time, just a guy walking around with a Bible in his hand. The second, third time, people looking up for the meals, what you doing? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking the same thing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you see, what had to happen to me, I had to change my identity. I, see, I, I don't want to be one of them Christians. I, they ain't got no, no swag. They ain't got nothing. I just, man, they, they, no. That's not who I am. And I was more comfortable in other places. And I just, just messed up my life, not doing that. When I got to the sixth or seventh time, it was interesting my picture on the inside changed. I began to see myself as a man of the word. I, 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 you know, I, I used to see myself one way, and I remember how I came there the first time. But by the time I hit that seventh time, the image of me changed. And by that time, I didn't care what anybody had to say. And, and after that moment, you know, I, I was able to hold my Bible. I wasn't ashamed and, and all the rest. So, I, so I, I take my Bible. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a student. In school, I go into the punch out where, where if y'all remember Prince, um, what was that song? Uh, I'm not going to mess with the song. But, you know, the, the beer is flowing and all the rest. But I sit there right there. They're drinking a beer, and me opening the Bible, sharing scripture. And what was interesting, nobody put me down. Nobody. We had conversations and all the rest, but I had to accept me. And as long as I wasn't at peace with who I was, nobody else was going to be at peace with me either. You hear what I'm saying? But But he had to change my image of me. And he kind of had that little exercise, you know, I guess as I did my part, then he did his part. But the change happens on the inside. And when, when, when you make that change on the inside, the outside will follow. Are we still with me? But here's the contrast. We're going to make a turn and then we're going to be finished. Now, the once bond lady, when she was made straight, she glorified God. And, you know, when, when God does something genuine and personal in your life, you have a shout. You have a dance that other folk can't quite figure out. It's real. Nobody has to force you. No one has to prompt you. Even if they're off up here, you still worshiping, praising God, because it's personal. You hear what I'm saying? But here's the contrast. You had this woman. She's praising God. But on the other side, you have this pastor who should have been leading the entire synagogue in the worship of God. He's over there finding fault. He's over there angry and upset. Watch this. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant. Now, here's the deal. Grace will always make legalistic people angry. The grace of God will always make religious people mad. Some of the meanest people you ever going to meet are people with long dresses, big hats. Nothing wrong with big hats. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But religious folk, you know, one of the reasons why religious folk are that way, because they feel God's on their side. But The reality is God so loved the world. Okay. Yeah. But the ruler of the synagogue was indignant. His congregation member for 18 years had been bound, bent over, in church, never got mad at that situation. Never got mad at that. Matter of fact, every Sunday they, they, they probably sang hymns together. Yeah, I'm all bent over, broke up and bent down. And that's the type of hymns they sang. It was the type of church they went to. He never got mad at that. But as soon as someone comes with a voice of freedom, all of a sudden, flashes of rage and anger. You hear me? And when the grace of God shows up, it will show people for what they really are. The pastor's fuming because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. You see, this pastor was more interested in dotting his I's and crossing his his T's. His his only goal in ministry was really to, to maintain his granddaddy's and his father's theology and not the truth. He had no appetite for truth. And guys, if we are going to serve God, we got to be hungry for, For listen, what they did in that generation, that's what they knew, and that was okay for them because that's all they knew. But years pass, we get a little more light. We get a little more corporate light. We, we understand more. And in 20 years from now, we're going to look back on it and say, you know, we were so blind. We were so, it's like we were living in cake. You hear what I'm saying? But the reality is you got to flow with the light you have. But some people, listen, That their, their whole job is just to maintain it and hold it down. They're not interested in moving forward. They're not interested in progress or advancement. They just want to make sure what their granddaddy, their great-granddaddy taught is still in position. Man, you know what? You know, I, I'm, I'm a good Catholic. I'm a good Baptist. You know, I'm a good charismatic Pentecostal. You know, I'm a, I'm a non-denomination, and sometimes we're the most arrogant. Hear what I'm saying? Y'all not, not, are supposed to support me more this morning. Remember what I told you? <laughs> But for a lot of people, they will not let, Jesus was the word of God, right? They will not let the word of God get in the way of their theology. No, no, my church always does. They will not let the word of God get in the way of their theology. And that's always a dangerous position. Watch what he does. So the ruler of the synagogue, he says to the people, he doesn't even have the decency to address Jesus. Instead, he appeals to the court of public opinion. So he puts his case between Pookie Ray Ray and Aunt Susie. I was overseas, and a gentleman said, "You know, when I come to the states, would you please introduce me to Pookie and Ray Ray? I need to meet them." <laughs> if your name's Pookie Ray Ray, I don't—I don't mean you, okay? I'm, uh. He said there are six days. It's the rule of the synagogue, in which work ought to be done. So this man starts preaching to Jesus. How many of y'all know that's not a good idea? He said, I am a Catholic. I am a Baptist. I am a a Pentecostal. We do it. He said, come on these six days. You fit into my box. God, you do as we think you should do. Come on these six days and be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. So they began to box with God because God wouldn't fit into his box. And that's what many of us do. Then the Lord answered. Who answered him? Yeah. This is a guy who not only created the Sabbath, he created Saturday all 24 hours. (laughs) He created the sun that comes up and the moon. You know, he created the, the wind and he created everything that had to do with that day. And this guy is going to start lecturing him on what he attended. So Jesus finally had enough. He doesn't, he doesn't get nasty, though. He doesn't raise his voice. But he says, you hypocrites. See, this, this is when Jesus starts calling folk names. When, when you don't let the word of God impact your theology, when you have a position of prominence, but the word of God has no place in your heart. You insincere Man. You play with the scriptures to suit your own purposes, but you have no appetite for truth. In front of everybody, he said, pastor, you play in church. Pastor, you are not for real. Jesus didn't want to have to do it this way, but the pastor decided to address the crowd. And sometimes public sin requires public reprimand. So sometimes it's much better, you know, to take the Lord to the side, you know, and have that little conversation instead of doing all that public announcement, you know what I'm saying. So Jesus says, stop the charade. He said, quit it. Then he's still trying to reach the man because he he, he gives an argument here. Jesus is not defending himself. He really doesn't care what people think about him. He's trying to appeal to the man's heart and the audience. He said, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it? a way to water. She's saying, you treat your pets better than you do people. You're more tender to farm animals than people in my image and likeness. He said, no. Remember, I created that day. And if I said in my word, you could take care of an animal on that day,
1: how dare you?
0: Look at me cross-eyed. Because I said to this woman, ought not this woman be what? Loosed. What's amazing about Jesus, he did not just see the woman for what she was. He saw her in light of what she ought to be. And that's what I love about God. In spite of the mess sometimes we are and we're in, he says, you know what? I see how you are, but this baby is how you ought to be. And that's a true pastor's heart. That's a true father and mother's heart. You know, I know how you are, child, but but listen, I also know how, how you ought to be. I know what I designed you for. I know the greatness that I placed
1: on the inside of you. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com.
2: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching.
0: He said, ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham? He once again returns to identity, not her behavior. He's not about to do this again because she was a good girl. She does it because of who her daddy was. And Jesus is saying, you know, pastor, do you know who her daddy is? One of the reasons I try to treat my wife right, because I know who her daddy is. She's not just my wife. She's a daughter of God. And when you begin to treat people, recognizing that that's God's property, God made that person, God cares about that person, God loves that person. It'll change how you react to folk. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham. What Jesus is teaching us is when we realize who our daddy is, we'll stop accepting certain things in our lives. You hear I me? Mean? That bent over, that, 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 that crouching walk, it would be absolutely unacceptable if you had just an inkling of where you came from and who owned you, who you. Yeah. You see, here he said he's a daughter of Abraham. The Bible, in the later New Testament, says we're children of Abraham, but, but we're something greater than that. If this is true for the descendants, the Jewish descendants of Abraham, John 1 and 12 says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Do you know who your daddy is? And when you realize who your daddy is, it will change everything in the way you walk, the way you talk, and the way you live. This woman was bent over because she didn't know who she belonged to. You are bent over because you don't know who you belong to. Back to verse 16, Jesus says, pastor, if that's true for animals, ought not this woman, that man, that girl, that lady, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan... Who? Satan. Has bound 18 years be what? Loose. Just want to reiterate. The miracle did not happen because she was a good girl. It doesn't mention her behavior. The only reason the miracle happens is because who she belonged to. If you catch that, don't go to God because you're a good boy, because you're not. When you go to him based on his goodness, you hear what I'm saying? Based on on his love and, and and his, I I have two boys, and you know I, I I whether they get good grades or bad grades, I feed them every day. They have a a place to call home, a bedroom to sleep in. Even if if they cut school that day, they still have a home to come to. You hear what I'm saying? If my children, let's say that they get terrible, the worst grades, and and they fussing and fighting in school, and 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 they're, they're sick. And I don't say, well, you know what? I'm not going to take you to Kaiser because you didn't behave. Many of us approach God that way. We wouldn't treat our children like that, but we think God treats us this way. God is not looking at your behavior to determine whether or not he's going to heal you, bless you, or love you. His love for you is unconditional. It has nothing to do with none of that. Now, you not behaving right and doing right will mess up your life and all the rest of it, but will not impact God's love for you. Are you hearing me? And many of us, when we go to God for healing, we have a laundry list. I'm a tired. I do this. I do this. I do this. And I do this. God, you ought to. He's like, you're kidding The only reason he ought to do anything is who you belong to, not because of what you did or what you do. And when you get that right, your faith will be directed properly. And when you have more faith in your sonship, more faith in the family that you belong to than your behavior, finally, your behavior is going to start straightening itself out, by the way. Because your, your, your doctrine is finally pure. And, and you know what? Certain things I couldn't do in my family because I had to answer to my daddy. I had to answer to my mama. And none of that. Some things I didn't want to embarrass. You know, I pushed some, some of the limits a little bit. But the reality is, there's just some things I wouldn't do because of my family. And when you recognize you're part of a larger family, that God loves you, he's for you, and all the rest of it, it, it modifies and it changes your behavior. We're almost there. And ought not this woman... A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound 18 years. Be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day, on this Sunday. Not next Sunday, not five Sundays from now, not next year, this Sunday. But the way your life's going to change is not by you hitting a lottery It's not even a new car, a new job, none of those things. It's going to be that change on the inside. When you let God change the inside, everything on the outside begins to fall in place. But deal with the root, and it will manage all the fruit. But you got to focus on the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Before he laid hands on her, he had to deal with image. He had to deal with the inside of her Woman, you need to see yourself as free. You need to see yourself as unbound. Then he laid hands. So my prayer today, in this real simple and kind of quiet message, is that you leave here saying, Lord, show me who I am on the inside. God, I'm not looking for anybody great to do anything for me. Lord, show me my freedom. Show me the family I belong to, Lord. Just, Just change the picture on the inside of me, of me. And I believe as he do, does that, it's going to position you so when hands are laid and, and all the rest happens, man, you are ready. And six others in that line won't get healed, but you will. Because on the inside, you've already received that which God had for you. Amen? Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. <laughs> lots of different people in this room, lots of different issues. bent over in a lot of different areas. But those of you in this room, You know you need a change on the inside.
2: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.